Live on American Family Radio, this is Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. For those of you who are putting yourself knowingly and voluntarily between a vulnerable loved one and even worse disaster. How are you doing? How are you holding up? What's going on with you? How are you staying strong? How are you resting? How are you staying healthy while you take care of someone who is not? And that's what this show is all about. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840 if you want to be a part of the show. Also, you can follow along at hopeforthecaregiver.com, our website, or our we're stream, we stream the show live when we do it here on American Family Radio uh, on our Facebook page, Hope for the Caregiver on Facebook. So sometimes I have a, a love-hate relationship with Facebook when they get it wrong or something goes squirrely. So we, we keep going back with optimism that we can get it right when we stream it, so you're welcome to follow along. Uh, hopeforthecaregiver.com. I like to start off with a hymn uh, because I feel like that we have lost something as a country, and those of you who listen to the show regularly know um, that this is important to what we do here on the show is to take these hymns, and also those of you who listen regularly know how important the hymns are to you because you've expressed this to me more and more, and um, we've gotten away from the hymnal, which has a an amazing wealth of things that can help us as caregivers. And the reason I do this is because some of these hymns are so well structured musically and text-wise that when we are going through the craziness of our life as caregivers, we can recall maybe just one line, one phrase, a little melody to help us reorient ourselves as we get blown off course on any given day as a caregiver. And this one today is one that was um, that's incredibly meaningful to me. It, it was, uh, it was, it's the first song on my CD. And I put this out there on songs for the caregiver. And I love this. Uh, I've been playing it for a lifetime, but there's a reason I did this because I, I shared this song with somebody who called me this week that we, we had a phone call that was going through some pretty rough times. And I'm going to talk about that in just a minute, but I want to set the table here with this particular hymn. So I will walk over here to the caregiver keyboard. Um, and just to let you know that I can, I'm playing this in the key of D flat. <laughs> some people get all worked up about the keys on it. Um, but I put a capo on the piano. No, I'm just kidding. But I love this hymn. See if you know this It is a uh, it's a it's a great hymn, and I shared this with a woman who called me 
Oh, she reached out to me on text, and we, we ended up having a phone conversation this week who's going through a very difficult time. And I want to explain something on the front end here. This show is never meant to be a commentary on the uh, the political world and everything else. This show is meant to sit down either at the kitchen table with a fellow caregiver or at the piano with a fellow caregiver and help us calm down a little bit so that we can make better decisions. I don't have any pretext of trying to be uh, anything other than what I am. It's just a caregiver who has watched someone suffer for 35 years and has lived to play a song about it, has lived to laugh about it, has lived to rejoice about it, has lived to live through it. And sometimes we, we have a, a lot of fun on here where we, we get, you know, I love comedy more than most, and uh, I'm a frustrated stand-up comedian. But I also understand the the um, the journey of tears that so many caregivers have, and I want to speak to that with clarity in a way that that my fellow caregivers understand. So, if you're not a caregiver, if you're not walking through anything like that, you're probably not going to get a whole lot out of this show, and, and that's okay. Because I know the audience that is struggling that wants to be able to have some kind of solid ground as they're watching somebody they love spiral and and suffer and struggle and act out. And, and all the things that go on with watching somebody with a chronic impairment, whether it's chronic pain or whether it's autism, whether it's Alzheimer's or whether it's addiction. It, it, there's so many different kinds of chronic impairments, but there's always a caregiver. How do you help that caregiver? What do you sp- say to that caregiver, to to speak to them in the midst of their distress. And that brings me to, uh, oh, by the way, if you know that song, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. And that brings me to a letter I got from a woman after the show last week. And she's going through a, a brutal journey of caring for both parents with Alzheimer's. But she was sexually molested by her father, and and she intimated her mother. And now she's taking care of them with Alzheimer's. And these are painful realities, and and it's more common than you realize where you have the the child now has grown up that has been abused by parents, whether uh, sexually, verbally, or uh, physically, or all three. And they're in a position where they're taking care of this aging loved one with unresolved issues and and deep, deep, deep wounds. And they're struggling with this journey. And I encounter this, sadly, all too regularly. And I know that when I, when I speak to this woman, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a trained mental health professional. I'm not a pastor. I have great hair, but I'm not a preacher. And I... I know that I, I have to be very careful in what I say and what I what I speak into these situations. And all I could do is point people to the Savior. I look at um, this. My job here on this show is very akin to the paramedics who helped save my wife when she was laying bleeding by the side of the road back in 1983. I wasn't there. I didn't know her at the time. I met her a couple couple years later. And they did not, um, I've heard all the stories with, in fact, some came to visit her in the hospital later, many, many times later. But they didn't try to tell her how to live her life. They didn't shame her for what, being out there on the road. What did you do? What was the matter with you? This is the middle of the day and she fell asleep at the wheel. She was very tired. She'd been studying and everything else. And then she just drove off the road. And they just kept saying over and over to her, hang on, we're going to get you to help. Hang on, it's going to be okay. We're here, we're here. That's what this show is. Hang on, we're going to point you to help. We're going to take you to the one who can help. And that's what this song is about as well. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. This is Peter Rosenberg. This is Hope for the Caregiver. We'll be right back. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality is changing hearts and lives. It speaks directly to the power and the grace of God. Gives me hope for people that I know that are struggling. The whole idea of 
in his image has moved me. We actually had one gentleman contact us and he said that this film changed his mind about this issue. We had a pastor reach out to us and he said that he'd been struggling with hatred in his heart towards people in the LGBTQ community. And this film helped him to realize he needed to have compassion and show people the love of Christ. We also had this same sex attracted couple contact us and they said after seeing the film, they wanted to live obedient lives for Christ no matter what. And they said, please, Please pray for us. We know this is going to be hard. We've even had people come to faith in Jesus through In His Image. To find out more, visit inhisimage.movie. I feel so hopeless. hopeless. Is there any hope? I, I just feel like there's no hope at all. Is there any hope? Get hope. Get hope. Several years ago, I met Pat Morley, the author of The Man in the Mirror. That's TWR President Lauren Libby. Now, he made a statement to the effect that life demands more than we have to give it. And I caught myself agreeing with him. But how do I respond? The Bible says, praise the Lord, for it's good to sing praises to our God. For he is gracious, and a song of praise is good. Praising God has a healthy therapeutic effect on our souls. It enables him to heal broken hearts and restore personal hope. When was the last time you took some time to say thank you and praise Jesus for who he is and what he's done for us? Spiritual transformation starts with praise, and that leads to hope. Need more hope? We have resources waiting for you, including a free devotional. You'll find them at GetHopeRadio.com. That's GetHopeRadio.com. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. That is my wife saying he'll give you hope for your sorrow, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And this is a woman who understands that as she is facing a, a yet another very, very difficult journey for her, surgically speaking, that I can count. It'll be her 81st, and this is what she sings. And she's singing this to you, and she's singing this to me. And we can draw strength from that because that's that's how we do that. We comfort one another with the same comfort that we ourselves have been comforted by the God of all comfort. And today I wanted this song that I played for you uh, in the last segment, if you know it, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. It was the song that came to mind when I'm talking to this woman who reached out to me who was struggling so mightily t- taking care of her parents for with Alzheimer's. And she was sexually abused and by these parents and that she's taking care of and you can't you can't encounter somebody with that level of trauma and just say well god loves you and pat him on the back and send him on and they're there no no no. this is this is a gaping devastating series of wounds that this woman has taken and now she's taking care of these people and so i quoted the lyrics from this hymn. This is why I play the hymns because these hymns have wrestled with these very painful things and put it in a way that we can understand and recall to our mind. You know, in Lamentations, Jeremiah the prophet was saying, I remember the wormwood in the gall. I mean, you could, you, you could just feel the visceral um, angst and, and heartache that Jeremiah was feeling. At one point he said that he, he had to prophesy because it was too painful for him not to, but it was he was just he was called the weeping prophet. But he said in the lamentation, if you go back and read it in chapter three, he said, I remember the wormwood and the gall. I mean, these are very visceral words that he said, but then but this I recall to mind, and therefore I have hope. And he anchored himself in scripture. Great is thy faithfulness. That's where we get the hymn from. And so when we have these these moments in our lives and, and, or, and, and these moments may last a long time. There is a point where we have to anchor ourselves in something or be anchored in something that will, will help us back to the highway, if you will, when we get so bogged down. And you think about those paramedics rescuing Gracie. They're having to, they, you have to use the um, – uh, it took about an hour and a half to extract her from the car. Her legs were crushed and pushed so that her feet were over her shoulders. And she's bleeding out. The, the, the car had caught on fire, 
and and it was it was a very very it it was just it was a horrific wreck and to each one of these paramedics they all said the same thing to her we have the report of it hang on hang on we're going to get you to safety hang on we're here we're here we're here hang on don't let go don't give up do we say that to each other as believers when you're going through what you're going through, is that something you regularly hear from believers? Hang on. Hang on. It's here. We're going to get you to safety. Or do you hear just glib, Hallmark card type of catchphrases that we use in the church? When I started doing the show, I knew that we had to do more on this show. And when I speak to people privately after the show, I knew that I cannot just, I, I, I didn't want to receive things like that. I don't want to hear people say that to me, those pass, those uh, platitudes and, and pablum that people offer. Well, God's sovereign and pat you on the back and send you on. He obviously has a plan for Gracie or she wouldn't be here. I don't want to hear that. And I bet you don't either. I need to be anchored in something that's going to, to still my soul and, and help me make better decisions through this process. I need to be directed to safety just like you do and so that's why i did these hymns and that's why i did this particular hymn and if you know it i want you to call me and tell me about it and tell me why it's important to you 888-589-8840 for those of you who missed it here's just the chorus of it actually i'll do the first line because that's where you hear the title of it know that one 888-589-8840 we're going to go to the phone lines right now this is uh kelly in arkansas kelly good morning how are you feeling great great uh i Tell am me a what... caregiver uh i i believe that him is wonderful words of life no close not yet that's um um That's wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. But, but that's a great one too. That's one of my all-time favorites as well, Kelly. So, uh, thanks you, thank you for taking a stab at that. But what do you got on your mind today? I am a caregiver. My son has suffered from drugs and alcohol. I have a nephew that's got autism, and I'm watching people in my church that are caregivers. And my grandmother was a caregiver for 13 years. So. Uh, your show's been a real blessing to me uh, to kind of keep me thinking about things the right way and and guiding me in the way I believe. Uh, it's just, it's I can't describe what a blessing it is to hear your stories and to hear the people. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. It's an awesome faith builder and encouragement uh, to me. Well, Kelly, I, I appreciate that very much. I set out to do this for your situation, just for you. I didn't know you, but I set out to do it because I, I needed to, I felt this urgency to, to speak to caregivers in a way they could understand and have a, and provide a place where they can call in and just share what's ever on their heart. There's not a, a wrong answer. You're not doing it the wrong way. Uh, kind of thing. I'm not here to, to scold or to advise. I'm here to just sit down with you, a cup of coffee. Let's talk about this. Let's see how you're feeling. And then let's go to the word of God and see what, what scripture says about it. And it's, um, we're not, we're not hip and cool here. We're just beat up people who are caring for someone and we want to be stronger and healthier. And so thank you for those kind words. Tell me how you're feeling today with all this, with what's going on with your son and your nephew. I feel good. I mean, I see good things happening. I mean, I see a lot of good things happening, and you can see God working, you know. But all those things that people say and people do, they they don't really understand until they're in the fight, like you're talking about. But uh, I'm watching people at my church and and around and my family members too, and it, it's encouraging uh, when people. I mean, they're they're locked. They're locked in there with you, and they're fighting that fight. And 
Um, and sometimes you don't even have to say a word, you know, it's just. Well, and, and that's, you know, Augustine used to say that when uh, preach the gospel always, and if necessary, use words. And then Hans Christian Andersen said, uh, where words fail, music speaks. And that's why I do hymns on this show. That's why I do the music that I do, because we don't always have the words. I mean, yes, the scripture is there. And, and, but if you go back and look at Job 2.13, uh, one of my favorite verses in scripture, Job's situation was so horrific. His friends sat there for seven days and didn't say a word. And I think that's the foundation for where in the Jewish world it's called the sitting shiva. And that is when, when, when somebody has, uh, is going through mourning and, and the loss of, of a loved one, the, 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 the community, the friends and the family come and sit with them, but they don't initiate the conversation. They just sit with them and just be. And, and we don't do that in our culture uh, um, uh, consistently and um, or enough and and this is what we're trying to do is learn to just we don't have to fix it we don't have to give some kind of glib answer sometimes we can just mourn with those who mourn and grieve with those who grieve well that's exactly what we need to do and i and i and i'm seeing more of that all the time uh, from a lot of people and and your show is is where I get my encouragement from, and I'm learning, you know. Um, well, that's what's so I am too. Wonderful. I am too, Kelly. I mean, following, <laughs> you're following God's plan and, uh, and and staying true and and so positive and uplifting, you know, because there's days that are just tough. Yeah, there are, and you've you've got to be a leader to both a nephew and a son now. And um, there are days that are tough, Kelly, and, and, but you're doing it. And, and this, is, this is where we draw our strength from is the Word of God. And I'm going to jump on some other calls here. We've got a, a whole fo- bunch of folks weighing in on this. But, Kelly, I want you to know I appreciate you calling. You, you, listen, you call anytime you want, okay? One caregiver to another. This is what we do, and I, I want you to know how much it means that you took the time to call this morning and what you think of the show. I really do appreciate that, Kelly. Thank you very much. Tommy in Arkansas. Tommy, good morning. Do you know this song? Hey, good morning. Yes, I know that song very well. Near to the heart of God. Isn't that a great song? What well, you got it right there. Isn't that a great song? And I, I, I stumbled on your show, Peter, quite by accident. I'm, I'm on my way to the river to fish. <laughs> I, and, I get that uh, a lot, Tommy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I stumbled on your show by accident. (laughs) Yeah, well, and, 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 you know, there's no stray, there's no stray molecule that, you know, God's a God of order. So actually it wasn't by accident, but um, I I am not a caregiver at this time. I I did, as my parents approached, you know, heaven's uh, gate, uh, leaving, you know, this world, uh, daddy was in hospice care for like 16 months. And he was very pleasant. He would get through with breakfast, and then, you know, five minutes later, are we going to have, or, you know, or actually any meal, and then five minutes later, are we going to have lunch? You know, or, and he just had lunch and, 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 and stuff. And uh, I, uh, I, I, you know, took a little while before I got to you, and I listened, and the only, the only lyrics, I'm actually an instrumentalist. I don't do lyrics well. But I was raised in a traditional, you know, Missionary Baptist church. We sang near to the heart of God all the time. But, oh, my goodness, the woman that you're talking about, that you were giving counsel to, you know, a a, a place of quiet rest where sin cannot molest. That is exactly why I gave it to her. Tommy, that is exactly why I gave it to her. For that line. uh, and, hang, and I, I, by the way, hang I on. Can you hang on through the break, Tommy? We've got a, no we got a hard break we're going to at the bottom of the hour here. And uh, you are exactly right, Tommy. That is, that is why I gave her that text, the place where sin cannot molest. And this is, uh, this is why these hymns are so important to us as, as believers, as caregivers. This is Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberg. We're talking with Tommy in Arkansas. By the way, he's on his way to go fishing. Fish tremble at the sound of his name. Hey, moms and dads. Are you at your wit's end? Hi, this is Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. I'm so grateful for the partnership we have with American Family Radio. We share a common goal 
to bring hope to hurting families through the life-changing medium of radio. Be sure to listen Saturday afternoons at 4.30 Central on American Family Radio. Find help and hope for your family with Parenting Today's Teens. They say actions speak louder than words. Here at the American Family Association, we take that to heart. AFA Action is here to inform and help you get involved in cultural and moral issues. You can also sign up for our AFA Action Alert, which will inform you about these issues every week by email. To sign up and for more information, visit us at afaaction.net. Why are you still sitting there? If you want change, it starts with you. This is William Owens, America's Poet. I judge myself no more. I judge myself as if I know the fabric of my creation, the logic of my mind, the depths of my heart, the intent of my soul. We spend countless hours every day, sometimes without even knowing how much we judge ourselves. We're so down on the one that loves us the most, and that's Jesus. We're down on him because we don't believe that he judged us when he died. It is time we arise to newness of life and forgive ourselves as he has forgiven us so that we can go forward and do the purposes for which he's made us. Stop judging. I judge myself no more. This was a poetic expression of hope, love, and forgiveness from America's poet, William Owens. For the entire poem, his on-demand poetry concert, and more, please visit americaspoet.com. Caregiver, this is Peter Rosenberg. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. If you want to be a part of the show, come to the table. Come to the place where sinners are set free. You see a theme throughout all of Scripture where he's saying, come. There's a, you know, come unto me, all you weary, heaven, love you. There's so much distress here. Come over here. And that's sometimes physically, and then that's but but he's speaking spiritually. Come over here, and that's what this hymn that we did today, near to the heart of God. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest. Near to the heart of God, oh Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent. He was again. He was at a place that we're not. He was sent to a place that we are from the heart of God. Hold us who wait before thee, near to the heart of God. We are separated. And 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 this this world is is bent away from the heart of God, and we cannot get there on our own. So He came to us, and and our our hearts are troubled in this world. But there is a place where they're not, and that is near to His heart. And Tommy from Arkansas called in. Tommy, are you you're on your way to fishing right now? I, I am on my way right now. Oh mercy! What are you going to fish? For. I, I am going to fish for rainbow trout and anything else in the river that wants to bite. <laughs> you know, I I live out here in, in Montana, where oh my we gosh. have a I, oh we, my god, we, <laughs> we have quite a bit of fishing yeah. that goes on out here where we are. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I, I'm not I, very good I at it. Yeah, I dream of the bitter root someday. You know, that's like I live I live in the bitter roots. <laughs> okay, um, I, I I need I need to come see you. Come on, we're going to have an AFR retreat out here. That's what I've been telling all the folks at American Family Radio. They they all want to have the big retreat out here at my place, and and I said, well, why do you need to bring all your trucks and guns and your fishing poles for an AFR retreat? <laughs> they don't care about yeah. me. They just want to be out here fishing and hunting. <laughs> so, yeah, I, that sounds great. Well, we only it have, is a, we only have we only have trout here in Arkansas and and Oklahoma because of dams. I mean, and the cold water at the bottom of those dams and. And yep. so I fish the tailwaters of the uh, – today I'm going to uh, fish the tailwaters of lower Illinois out of the Ten Killer Dam in uh, Oklahoma, actually. But uh, uh, I, 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 what you do, uh, even the little uh, sniglet that you gave of, uh, of uh, the first Arkansan that called, 
that 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 was great. You kind of have. I love jazz, and you're doing some really neat things. Uh, I, I loved it. But but well, uh, what? Is, thank what you for that. Thank, thank my piano professor for that, uh, John Arn, who is uh, I still stay in touch with. He's over eighty years old in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, wow. he still he wow. still schools me. Do you do you have a recording out there? I mean, of of, of those. Yeah, nice I do. Of, uh, it's yeah. you Where could doubt you could that? you could uh, go out to anywhere where they or where music is sold, uh, streamed, download Amazon, iTunes, all that. It's called Songs for the Caregiver. Thank you for asking okay. about that. And if you want the uh, the CD of this, um, you can go out to my website. Uh, there's a, a Christian bookstore in Nashville. That's where the only place where I let the, the CDs be sold. And um, you can go out there to them. It's Logos Bookstore in Nashville, Tennessee, 615-297-5388, and they'll be glad to ship you one. Um, and it's all that's all out at the website at hopeforthecaregiver.com under my music tab. And then Gracie's got her CD and so forth. And it's a big part of um, uh, what we do as caregivers. So, well, listen, I'm going to let you get to fishing, Tommy. Yeah, thanks. And, um, thanks, for, thanks, and, for, uh, thanks for inviting us to the table. Well, and uh, you are quite welcome. And bless you. And bless you. Thank you very much. Bless you too. Let's uh, let's go to uh, Grace in Texas. Grace, good morning. How are you feeling? Good morning, sir. How are you feeling, Grace? Um, not too good. Not too good. What's going on with you? Yeah, I just need I just need to talk. I just need to talk. I have been a caregiver to my mom but distance outside the country. So this past uh, six weeks, I went to take care of her. But shortly when I came back to the state, I saw the picture. It's like the skin is just junk of skin is just off her heel and She's not doing too good. So the guilt, like maybe I should have been there earlier. It's just uh, getting over me. Where does your mother live? And she's in Africa. Where in Africa? She's in Nigeria. Nigeria. We treat treat patients in Nigeria. I've, I've treated patients in Nigeria through the prosthetic limb outreach we have. Um... We yeah. work over in Ghana, but we have patients that come from Nigeria. And I will tell you that, um, Grace, I, first off, your name is one of the most beautiful names in the world. And my wife's name is Grace. And I love that name. It's the most beautiful word in the world, I think, is Grace. And I think, it, it Grace, I, I certainly understand how difficult this must be to be a world away from your mother. And I know that I you feel guilty. so much. To take care of her. I didn't know I spent so much to go take care of her, only to come back just less than a week. It's like she's not doing too good. Well, and, and at this good. point, if you cannot return back to Nigeria to take care of her, um, yeah. it's one of those things where this is going to be a very difficult place for you. And I would ask that you remember your name. Your name is Grace. Your name is not guilt. It's grace. And if you're doing the best that you know to do. My sibling didn't do so much. And it was so frustrating being distant. It's like, and I said, okay, I'll try. I'll try and go over there to see her. Are you trying to go back over there? No, I can't. I just came back, and I have kids. I have to take care of my single mom. So, just well, Grace, just your children need you. Your children need you. You have uh, your mother has family back there, and I know it's very difficult for you. But your children need you as well, and your your mother has a savior. Your mother has a savior. You're not that savior. <laughs> Yeah, your children, need your children that. need their mother. Again, that's why I'm dying. Because I don't, I can do, I can help, but I need to hear that. And that's why I call. Well, I I, we all need that. to hear this because it's very difficult when you're torn, when you're torn between taking care of those 
like your mother and so forth. And it's it's very difficult to do this. Your children, how old are your children? And they are like 27. The youngest is 20. Mm. Are you in a position now? Are they living independently of you now? No, they live with me. Nobody. Okay. They're just going to school and working. Uh, well, fairly soon, they should, if there's 27 and 20, they should be able to function a little bit better by themselves. And they yeah. can. You, you've raised them, and now they can stand on their own two feet. And maybe you can look at going back yeah. to Nigeria and caring for your mother and letting your children. Um, now, if they're not little children, that's one thing. But I mean, but since they're grown, yeah. maybe it's a situation where you could pivot back to Nigeria and spend a little bit more because time I with your mother. I have come back to work. I have a part-time job. I use that to pay my a roof over me and stuff. I don't make so much, so it was like putting up. Putting well, I understand. Yeah. And you have siblings in Africa with your mother, correct? Yes. But okay. they were not helping, so I have to pay somebody to take care of her. Now, why? Why are your? Do you know why your siblings aren't helping? I don't. I have no idea. I know financially, but that's not enough. Financially, they are struggling, but it's like they've been fighting each other. I don't know. I've reached out. I preach. I preach all my life, even before. Uh, moving to this state because I came over because of marriage. Well, yeah. you're you're here now, and this is where we are. I mean, this there's there's um, there's so many different facets to this, but you're a world away. There's not much you can do, and I know that you're grieving over this. But unless you're willing to go back into the situation and take care of your mother, you're going to have to watch from a distance and try to well, send as much uh, resources God. to her as you can to care for her uh, in the absence of anybody else doing it. And I know that's painful for you. Um, and hopefully maybe you, uh, your sisters or your brother can be able to uh, um, reconcile and start to step up. I know that resources are slim, and particularly with COVID and everything else. However, um, your mother's care. How old is your mother? She's 55. And you're, uh, is she involved in a church there? Um, no, because I have to take her when I travel this past June. I took her from my sister when I saw her situation was so blink. She suffered at failures, I think, severe, because she wasn't given the care um, needed. Uh, I, I don't want to blame nobody. She tried, but they gave her a convenient care, but not what she actually needed. It wasn't enough to help her health. So I took her to the emergency and she was admitted. I was two weeks in the hospital with her. When I came back, um, she complained about a heel hurting, but I didn't know there was something, the big saw inside, inside, also inside, because there was nothing outside, but I saw the little changes. Um, but I guess when she was discharged, she, uh, it's the situation uh, get worse and guess maybe the ulcer busted out, and like part of her heel was just was just gone. And the pain is the person Grace, in charge. It sounds, it sounds like she needs serious medical care, but you're a world yes. away. And so yes. uh, the, the, the let's, let's the, hold on just a second, Grace, because okay. we're, we're going up against a break here. But um, it, it sounds like, though, she does need serious medical care. The best thing at this point, it sounds like, is for you to stay um, engaged, even from a distance whether it's sending resources or contacting somebody in her town who can help with these things as your surrogate, if you will, um, until you're able to get back. I don't know what more we can do at that point than to try to coordinate with on the ground. Have you ever struggled to trust God when lousy things happen to you? I'm Gracie Rosenberger, and in 1983, I experienced a horrific car accident leading to 80 surgeries, 
and both legs amputated. I questioned why God allowed something so brutal to happen to me. But over time, my questions changed, and I discovered courage to trust God. That understanding, along with an appreciation for quality prosthetic limbs, led me to establish Standing with Hope. For more than a dozen years, we've been working with the government of Ghana and West Africa, equipping and training local workers to build and maintain quality prosthetic limbs for their own people. On a regular basis, we purchase and ship equipment and supplies. And with the help of inmates in a Tennessee prison, we also recycle parts from donated limbs. All of this is to point others to Christ, the source of my hope and strength. Please visit StandingWithHope.com to learn more and participate in lifting others up. That's StandingWithHope.com. I'm Gracie, and I am Standing With Hope. Hi, I'm Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. The fastest growing crime in America and across the world is sex trafficking. We're talking about millions of lives every day, even children. Do you know the average age of a child who is trafficked is 12 years old? I know it's not a fun subject to talk about, but God has called the church to take its blinders off and help end this human tragedy. Eight Days of Hope has decided to be a part of that solution. God's opened up a door for us to partner with existing ministries, and that's where we bring skilled volunteers to renovate, rebuild, or remodel facility for survivors to receive the emotional, physical, and spiritual healing they need. If you're skilled in any trade and you want to use your gifts for a greater purpose, please contact us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com. We would love for you to join us on our next project. For more information about the ministry of 8 Days of Hope, please go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. We are glad that you're with us. 888-589-8840. I was talking with Grace in Texas. We had to go to the break. I'm sorry about that. Uh, Grace, the last thought is, you know, you live a, a world away from your mother. And I know this is a very troubling situation. And you've got siblings who are not caring for her in the way that you would like. And you're not able to do things. You've got to work here. You came over here. You got married. You came over here. And you've raised your children now, and the decision point you have to make is, okay, am I going to go back to Nigeria and take care of my mother myself? Am I going to coordinate with somebody who can help her uh, in my stead? Am I going to confront my siblings if they're unwilling to do it? And if they're unable to do it, am I going to provide resources for them? And that those are the decision points you have to make. They're not easy. None of them are easy decisions. And I and I I hurt with you on that, and I'm sorry that you're in this situation where this is occurring. But you you got the best shot at making the right and health well the healthy decision. I don't know if there's a right or wrong decision, but I think there's a a healthier path for you through this. But it starts with you settling down, again recognizing your name is grace, not guilt, and letting go of that and understanding. Okay, here's where I am now. What is the What's the path forward? And you can sit down here with your pastor. You can sit down with a counselor or somebody and help sort this through. Look at your resources. See what you can do to help your mother from a distance, to help your siblings take care of your mother from a distance, coordinate with people that you know there in Nigeria who can help her. Or you can make that decision to go back to Nigeria for an extended amount of time to help her. Um, None of these are going to be easy. And so it's important that you approach these decisions with as much clarity as you possibly can uh, to make a decision that's going to be the most effective for you and what you have to, uh, to spend with your resources and so forth. And this is a situation a lot of people find themselves in when they're caregiving from a distance, whether it's all the way across the world in Nigeria or if it's across the country or, or whatever. And you can't just uproot your job and, and your family and everything, but you're torn between these these responsibilities and these obligations that you you feel like you have. And these are questions that need to be asked and answered in your heart. And then you make the decision to the best of your abilities and trust that God will give you the clarity as you move through this. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, not a searchlight. 
So there's not going to be a, hey, do this, this, and this, and this, and you'll be okay. No, these are these are your paths, and you're going to have to sit down with some maybe some good counsel around you to help you guide you as you make your your decision on what you're going to do. And it may be a multi-part decision. It may not be something you can do, make this final decision in one moment. Okay, I'm going to go back to Nigeria. Well, okay, that's a big decision. So that you're going to have to do this in stages or in phases. Um, there, there are a lot of different factors here, but you're going to have the best shot at making the the appropriate decision for you if you're not all... Your mother has a savior. You're not that savior. And go back again to remember what your name is. Your name is Grace. And give yourself some grace. Give your mother grace. Give your family grace. And recognize, okay, this is a very big set of circumstances. And let's lay it out on a piece of paper. Let's look at the pros and cons for all these things. Run it by some people that you trust. And then make the call. And be at peace with it. And trust that God is guiding your steps through this. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, Scripture says. And that includes you as well, Grace. So I hope that gives you some direction for today. Um, that that you're not having to flail around this thing, but you could start looking at this thing and chipping away. You didn't get here overnight. You're not going to get through this overnight. This is a multi-decade issue that has gone on. And so it's going to take some time to sort through this, and you're not going to get to the place that you would ideally like, but but you can make progress through it. Uh, let's go to um, Shelly in North Carolina. Shelly, good morning. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. How are you feeling? You know, I'm all right. I I, I share the frustration of of our last caller with Grace of her of her discomfort with this. I uh, you know and you know you want to just reach through the phone lines and do more. But yeah. sometimes that, that, that it is what it is, an accepting reality for me as a caregiver. And thank you for asking about me. But um, for me as a caregiver, I think one of the biggest issues I've had to, to deal with is accepting that this is what it is. It is what yeah. it is. And yeah. not what I want it to be, but what it is. So, But thank you for asking on that. Well, tell me what's going on with you. Well, I just I wanted to share a word of encouragement. Um, I've been caregiving now for four years two hospices and my mom has dementia and I'm sorry I'm emotional but I'm just I'm so appreciative of what God has done for me through this not in spite of this um the first hospice I had was with my father-in-law who was a precious saint um and it was still hard um he was in home hospice and my sister-in-law and I took care of him with my mother-in-law for a year before he passed and in that time, I said, I could never do this for my parents because they were abusive. But I can tell you, I can, and I am. And the power of God enabled me to do something I could never do. My father, um, just a few months after my father-in-law passed, my father was diagnosed with liver cancer from being an alcoholic. And um, it just, you know, I felt like God just said, you can and you will. And I cared with him in hospice for the, you know, for that season of seven months until he passed away. And I, I, I don't take any glory to myself at all. But he knew how he had been, and he knew how he felt about me because he was not a loving father by any stretch. And he actually made the comment to my sister, "I don't know how she does this." But, but I told him, because she told me about that, and I, and I told him, I said, Dad, I can do this because I've been forgiven so much more. And so God used caring for an abusive parent to heal my heart of the hurt that that little girl had felt and the rejection I had felt all my life. And um, I thought I was done at that point, because you'd think two back-to-back -back hospices would be sufficient, but I'm not. Um, I am now caring for my mother, who was also an alcoholic abuser. She was more of a mental abuser, but that's sometimes worse. And um, she has advanced dementia. Um, she doesn't have Alzheimer's, but she has no memory of short-term events, so I have to take care of a lot of things for her. 
Um, but I just wanted to testify that God uses, he really does use all things to work together for my good because now, you know, I, before I go in to see my mother and take care of her and do the things for her, I have to, I, you know, most days I just say, Lord, I can't do this, but love her through me because she was an adult child of alcoholics, so there's generational abuse. And, and he does, and he is, and he's continuing to teach me just day by day to tr- trust him and just to look to him for the strength that I need because I can't do these things in myself. And that's, I just wanted to share that. I, um, I, I don't even know what to say. You, you're, you're why I do the show. And and I, I I I think I could speak for the entire audience when I say thank you for sharing your heart on this. Um, I, I bet you there are people all over this listening audience right now, and then listen later on, who have big tears in their eyes because they're walking in the same path and they're drawing strength from what you've done, Shelley. And I I want you to know that um, it's extraordinary what you've done. I, I need you to hold on because I'm going to send you, uh, I, if it's all right with you, I'd like to send you my CD uh, just because you've touched me and I'd just like to play the piano for you. And the best way I can do that is just send you my CD. And, well, that would be um, great because I'm a violinist. Gonna, well, then play along with it. There's a there's a live recording of uh, that we did at church uh, in Nashville with a friend of mine on the violin of the old rugged cross. We played it during communion one Sunday and I love the recording of it so much. You could hear communion trays clank around a little bit in it. Um, but I love the recording of it so much that I put it on here. We did it of, of uh, the old rugged cross and near the cross. And you'll love the way this guy plays. And um, I hope that you'll play along with the, the whole CD. And um, But please know that, that you're why I gave that hymn. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God and that's that's why that that's why I do these hymns because they say they speak directly to that level of pain and sorrow and heartache and loss that you've walked through and you found God to be deeper still and that is the message of this entire show and I want you to know that you have been um what a blessing you have been well I have one encouragement my dad who um Again, he was an alcoholic from the time he was young. His father was an alcoholic, and he was abused. So that, that, that's why he went down the road he went. He was in church most of his life. I mean, really, literally up until um, he had a stroke at the end of his course of cancer. And, um, but he didn't know the Lord. And matter of fact, um, you know, that was one of my struggles with God as a child is we went to church. But through this, I can say, I can say this, you know, Again, all things work together for good. My, ga- my dad, he, um, he was in hospice by this time. and He was a military man. He, he told you something one time, and that was it. I came in one day, and he told me, he said, you've got to read this article in the paper. And it was a little column by Billy Graham from years ago, and it was, you know, the question posed to Billy Graham is, my son's an alcoholic, why doesn't God heal our disease? What? We're going to run out of time real quick here, and I'm sorry for that because we got to go. It's a hard break. He, well, we got that, but uh, I'm going to get her information and call up. We're going to have to have her back on the show. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to send this to Don't hang up, uh, Shelly. Uh, we're going to get your information here. Thank you very much. Hopefully, the caregiver.com. We'll see you next week.